Hey guys. Hey. Hi. Hi, Clifton. All right, guys. Um, I got a few quick announcements, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Um, first off, welcome to Revolution Church. My name's Dustin. Hello again, for like the eighth time. Okay, so um, Dave got married yesterday. Um, yeah, he'll. Congratulations to Dave and Autumn. Uh, I'm very happy for both of them. Um, so Dave's not here tonight because he's on his honeymoon. So Ryan Rolf will be preaching tonight. Um, so we're going to welcome him up to the stage in a minute. Um, but as far as announcements go, we have small groups. We have the same small groups we have every week. Um, if you're interested in joining one, find me, Steve, Chris Jones, Ryan, anybody that's going to be on stage tonight. Um, secondly, we have the cookout coming up again this week. Um, it was postponed due to all of the you know, festivities for Dave's wedding and things like that. And uh, a lot of people were involved in that, so we just pushed the cookout back until this coming Friday at 5.30 at 706 Campbell Avenue. Um, other than that, I really have no other announcements, so I'll go ahead and pray and we'll get started, okay? Um, Father God, I thank you for this time that you've let us set aside to come together um, as the body of Christ to worship together, to learn together. I ask you, like God, to um, prepare our hearts for this message that we're about to receive. Um, help us to, to hear what you want to say rather than what we want to hear. Um, I ask you to let this message move from our head to our hearts to our hands and to cause us to action. Um, all of these things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Oh, I got to do the David thing. What's up, revolution? All right, then I tell you how I wanted to be a rock star, and that's as close as I'll ever get. Um, anyway, uh, someone got that. See, was that you, Steve? You don't count. You know all the jokes. Um, anyway, welcome to Revolution. Glad you're here. Um, as Dustin said, David got married yesterday. Autumn actually went through with it, so uh, they're on their honeymoon. There was a couple. I'm going to share, I guess, a couple funny stories that happened. Um, one, which I've been telling Dave, uh, that he needs to quit. He always like wants, when it's convenient for him, he pretends he has Jewish heritage. And then when it's not convenient, he doesn't. So case in point, Jewish heritage would say, once you got married, the man should not consummate the marriage and go away for a year and build a house, which I was strictly trying to hold him to, uh, yesterday, but he wanted to quote the new covenant and ceremonial law and wanted to drag me in some rabbit hole about why he didn't have to do that. Uh, so I called him a fake Jew person, so, cause that's what he was only when it's convenient. Now, a couple of things happened though that was really along those same lines and this was legit and it was hilarious. So we're sitting, uh, kind of like at the head of the table. Um, Dave felt obligated to have me in his wedding for some reason. So, um, anyway, so we're there and like, you see this look of panic on Dave's face and he looks over towards our direction and then he looks at Autumn, and he says, hey, did you get the marriage certificate? And she says, no. And then he looks around, and he's like, did anyone see Dave Dunham? Did he sign the marriage certificate? And looks around, and then I felt important at that moment to strictly and promptly intervene and say, Dave, I'm your elder, and if it's not signed, you ain't legally married, so you know what that means. And then, and then for like a solid 60 seconds, his mouth was just open, and he was like scrambling on what to do, and then he's like, and then his option was that I could sign it, which I can, and then they would legally be married. But then he texted Dave Dunham, and he did actually sign it. So I was 
I guess relief for him, but he was legitimately scared for a solid 60 seconds. And I told him, I mean, I'd sign it, but it's going to cost him a hundred bucks. So I was out a hundred bucks, uh, which he probably would have willingly paid, honestly. So anyway, they, uh, they were delayed. I was talking to Crystal. They were delayed this morning, uh, on, on their train. So, um, but they're, they're on their way. I think they're headed to DC first and then New York. I think that's right. It might be vice versa, but they're taking a train. So, uh, Kudos to them. I'm sure he'll listen to this on the podcast. I hope you're having fun, and that's as far as I'm going with that. So um, <laughs> let's, get in, let's get into the scripture. So we're going to go through Philippians uh, chapter 3, and really we're going to have to start tonight uh, with verse 10. So a little bit before, we really wanted to pick up in 12, but he kind of starts this uh, in verse 12 in a spot that we wouldn't really know what's going on. So we're going to pick it up in verse 10, um, and... If you don't have a Bible, there's a there's a blue Bible in your seat. You can't read it tonight because we hand out blue Bibles and don't turn the lights on. It's a trick. Um, but if you don't have a Bible that you can understand or sound something uh, that you had in like Shakespeare in high school or whatnot, feel free to take this with you. Um, it's, it's our gift to you. It's not, not stealing unless you think it would be cool to steal and then you're stealing it. Um, so either way, take it. Uh, but let's get started in verse 10. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. And if you disagree at some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress that we have already made. So we're going to break this down uh, here in the beginning. He starts with verse 12, uh, and, and it says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. So what I wanted to do, and we haven't done this for a while, so for some of you that have been here since the beginning or a bit, you, you'll know this. Uh, some of you that are new, um, this may be new to you. So uh, let's throw that n- the next slide up there, the one that says birth. So how this is going to work is what I want to talk about is, is a, when Paul says, I haven't already achieved it. He's talking about perfection. So and what he's basically saying is halfway, not tongue-in-cheek, but uh, that he's alive. So he hasn't reached perfection in Christ, meaning that we, he hasn't died, um, and therefore Christ's life hasn't substituted for his at that exact moment of judgment. So you track him with that? So he's alive, so therefore he's not perfect. That's basically what he's saying. So I wanted to go through kind of the conventions of how this works. So there's actually like... Uh, like gears in which these things work. So you have the birth of Christ, um, and he is fully God, fully man. Is that the next one we got up there? Okay. So uh, as Christ being fully God, fully man, he keeps the law, the Old Testament law. So he keeps it perfectly. Um, And in doing so, he perfects the law. So he does what you or I could not do. We could not keep the law, uh, but being fully God and fully man, he keeps the law. Is there? I figure like someone, one of you Shylin fans would start barking out the back. Two people. There, there it is, see? There's two people. You got a question, right? Are you, you want a gold star, Cooley? 
Okay. Uh, anyway, so fully God, fully man. Um, and so what happens then at this point is because he is perfect and perfected the law, next, he makes a sacrifice. And this is important. Um, so all these things intertwine. So you have um, birth. So God coming to earth, being born as a man, being fully God, fully man, perfecting the law. Um, and all that is great and fine. And Jesus's death is great and fine. Um, but there's a difference between death and sacrifice. So uh, if Jesus would have died and not sacrificed and laid down his life, if there was a terrible head-on donkey collision and Jesus just died um, and it wasn't like a sacrifice, then the only thing that happens is Jesus is perfected um, and Jesus goes to heaven uh, and the rest of us are still on our own. So is everyone tracking with that? Everyone following that? So then we have to make this distinction between death versus a sacrifice. So if Jesus just died in the horrific crash, um, then, uh, then nothing much would happen for us other than we would have this great teacher that we could look at and say, oh, you know, this guy, fully God, fully man, Jesus character, uh, lived a perfect life, um, and he died. And that's the extent of it. So he had some great teachings. We should look at those teachings. That's the extent of it. Uh, but because it was a sacrifice, this is where things get different, right? So he, because he sacrificed his life uh, for us on our behalf, this is where the law perfected can now, uh, by faith, which Dave talked about last week, can be made real and true um, and living in us. So does everyone catch the distinction between death and sacrifice? Are we cool on that? Some people's heads are nodding, so I think that's good. Uh, or you're falling asleep, one or the other. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that we, um, that we wrap our head around that idea. So Paul is saying that um, he, is, he wants to be perfected. He wants to understand and know the power of the resurrection. Um, he wants to know the power that brought Jesus up out of the grave. Um, but he has not attained that yet. Um, two reasons. One, because he's man. Um, and so he doesn't have the power to be perfect. Um, and the second one is he's not dead, so he can't be fully immersed in the power of Jesus Christ at judgment. So everyone tracking there. And it'll, that's going to somebody say, well, what about the Holy Spirit? We're getting there, so don't jump ahead at me. Um, the, the other part about that um, I wanted to mention is just the idea of perfection and death. So uh, there's a great quote by an author named Donald Miller who wrote a book a long time ago now at this point, well, a long time ago, I just mean like probably seven or eight years ago, uh, called Blue Like Jazz. Um, and he makes it a point to say that that when God looks at us who are redeemed uh, by faith, that he, he only sees Jesus because Jesus is wrapped around us so tightly, holding us so closely, that that's the only thing he can see. And I think that's a great illustration um, for that. So when judgment comes... Uh, and, and God looks at our lives, we're going to be judged on Jesus' life because we put our faith, hope, and trust in that. So is everyone cool with that illustration and understand what it means? Yay? Oh, feedback. I don't even need a sock puppet today. People are talking. It's spectacular. Um, all right, I, I wanted to pull up and get into verse 12. You guys have it in a different translation, so I wanted you guys to see this. This is, uh, I think, explains it a, a little bit better. Uh, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Um, so that's what I want to get to next, this idea 
of pressing on. Um, in our neck of the woods, it's a prevalent idea, prevalent thought um, to have what people call, I guess, bomb shelter theology. So that's where we want to keep things of the world and the world and things not of God. I'll put that in quotation marks. Um, outside at arm's length, and we want to we want to do everything inside our little bubble, inside our bomb shelter, so we're safe. Has anyone seen that work out? So, people, um, the ones that will do the, uh, you can't hang out with people that, you know, cuss, smoke, chew, that type of thinking, that, that methodology, that theology. Uh, and sometimes it, it can get into our minds somewhat. Um, I noticed I was struggling with that. I was struggling with that this week. So, I have a, 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 new, a new, well, it's, I guess it's the same job i'm not really sure my company i worked for got bought um by our competition and so you know i had a boss previously who was a pretty devout catholic guy so i mean there were things obviously that we agreed and didn't agree on but it was you know coming to work the the environment that i worked in the culture that i worked in was um was pretty easy pretty safe um i don't think this new culture that i'm going to be working in is quite that way so there's there's several indicators and red flags that make me say, oh, man, I want to get out of here. I don't want to be a part of that. I, I don't, you know, this is, I want to keep this at arm's length. And there is some wisdom there at times. I mean, if you're struggling in a certain area, um, it's the easy one. So if you're an alcoholic, you don't want to be in a bar ministry. I mean, that's fairly common sense, I hope, to all of us. Um, but there's other other times where maybe if I've never struggled with alcohol, maybe it might be okay for me and a, and a couple other folks who don't struggle with alcohol to to go into a bar to meet people i mean that's that's a they're obviously not coming here so if we're going to go meet them where they're at then that's a place to find them so there's there's ideas like that that seem crazy to some people and and yet it's also kind of effective in a way that we can go out and reach people and i notice sometimes this this gets into my head that you know we need to keep things at bay or i I don't like that that doesn't sit well with me so i want to distance myself from that and I noticed that. So I started thinking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Because, you know, recently with the ruling and everything, like that's a big deal um, for, from the Christian world. And, and you keep hearing like, oh, you know, Jesus has got to rapture us out of this trailer park because, uh, you know, he's going to rain down fire and, and burn this whole thing up. Um, and so it made me think, I need to go back uh, to Genesis and, and kind of read what happened. Just read how that went down because I don't. You know, it's been a while. So, so you start reading that, right? So you start reading the Sodom and Gomorrah story. And then here's what you realize, I guess. You know, bomb shelter theology says we need to stay as far away from that as possible because God's going to blow it up, right? So God's going to rain down fire or whatever. And and so every, everyone pushes away from that. And when you go back and read that, what you have is you have Abraham grieving, pleading with God over the city. God says, I'm going to destroy it. And Abraham's pleading. God, can you find one person? Well, actually, he starts at like 50, to be honest. And then he's going back and forth, you know, and he keeps going. He gets down, and there's one guy, Lot. And he's counted as righteous by God. And if you read the story, some things you pick up is, you know, Lot's not on the outside, just like walking into Sodom and Gomorrah by day. And then, you know, well, you know, when the sun goes down, it gets a little crazy, so we got to get out. Like, he's living there. I mean, his family's there. I mean, it's to the point when the angels come to destroy his house. 
or to destroy the city, to come visit him first and say, hey, you got to get out. All the dudes come out. Everyone in the town's angry. Uh, he offers up his two daughters uh, who have nef- never lay with a man, as they say. Uh, I was going to quote King James, but it was going to get confusing. Um, so, you know, he's got two daughters that are virgins, and he's going to offer them up to this angry mob to keep these two guys, which are the angels, safe. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's costing him something to live there. Um, it, it, it's dangerous for Lot to live inside the city, uh, and yet he's counted as righteous for doing such. So that makes you think a little bit. I mean, it makes you think that maybe this idea of we got to keep everyone at arm's bay, uh, maybe with this idea that, uh, you know, we're part of the world, but we're not, you know, of the world, and, and that is true in that is scripture, but at the same time, we've got to be pressing towards these things. Uh, we've got to be involved and active and in, in outside of Christendom and Christian community. Uh, so I wanted one spot to encourage you tonight uh, is, is to, to think about that. Think about the areas where that infiltrates your thoughts or your actions or you're, you're looking at people, you're judging at people because that's too worldly for your taste uh, or that's uh, outside of what makes you comfortable. And maybe those are the areas where you need to move uh, where you need to press on and be active. Um, and again, use wisdom. Uh, and the, there's all kinds of examples we could use of places maybe you shouldn't be, and that's fine. But there might be other places that you feel uncomfortable because you just don't like these areas or you don't like these people or you don't want to hang out with this group. Um, and maybe that's a spot where you should be hanging out with this group or those people. Um, so let's pick it up. And verse 13 and 14, you have it up there. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Um, again, I want to encourage you guys, uh, you know, uh, when, I'm, when I'm hearing everything that's going on uh, outside of the walls and and it seems like church walls and are going up. I mean, we're we're making these dividers and barriers between, you know, conservative people and and left wing people. And Facebook is just all kinds of people, you know, church and state separation. And it's going crazy. Just think about what you're doing. Think about uh, this bomb shelter mentality that all of us Christians need to, to rally together and and go do whatever to these this group of people. Um, Let's think about that for a second before we get all crazy on Facebook and start start being bigoted and hate uh, hate mongers. So um, when we get to thirteen and fourteen again, he's telling us to, to press on. Um, he uses a race metaphor, which is great. I could stand up here and give you a metaphor about what it's like to run a marathon um, and be right at the end, but I don't think you'd believe me. Um, it's okay. You can laugh. I was making fun of myself. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd be lucky to clock a five-minute mile on a moped. So, um, so some things that, that we can look at, though, is, is that it's a struggle, right? Believe me, I do run sometimes, and it's a struggle to run. It's a struggle to race. The best part about it is stopping. Um, so, yeah, the runner's high. I never did understand that. That's, that's when you eat a ho-ho and a coke at the, when you're over. Um, so it's a struggle. You're pressing. It's, it's stressful. It's hard. 
Um, I just made it like one mile at that point and I'm dying. Uh, so when it's this race and it's, you can see the end, uh, and it's coming. And so Paul is telling us to keep our eyes on the prize, to keep running. Uh, even though it's a struggle, it's tough. It's difficult that we don't give up. Uh, you know, we just keep trucking, um, and we move on. When we're talking about pressing on, one thing I want us to look at is Matthew 28. So let's go ahead and pull that up. We should know this by heart. It's the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have these commandments, right? We have the Great Commission. Uh, we have the greatest commandment. Um, love your God, second greatest commandment, love your neighbor. Uh, all these things are intertwined. So all these things are wrapped up together. All these things um, kind of refer us um, back to this idea of going out and pressing on and doing. And one of these things I wanted to make sure that we leave here tonight with is, is the motivation for that. We kind of hit on it right in the beginning. But I want to talk about why do we press on. So why uh, do we want to go out and make disciples? What about what happened for us, to us? Uh, why are we doing that? Are we doing that for treasures in heaven? Are we doing that because it, we think that's what we need to do? And so I wanted to kind of pick up where Dave left off. So Dave left off last week with it's faith alone, Christ alone, period, right? So uh, no matter what you've been told, what you've heard in the past, um, salvation is very simply believing only in the work of Christ Jesus for your salvation. Nothing, there's no plus, there's no additions to that. It's not, you know, faith in Christ Jesus and you show up at Rev every Sunday. You know, it's not faith in Christ Jesus uh, and you quit watching rated R movies. It's not, I mean, there's all these lists of legalisms and things that we can add to it. But that, that is not what saves. It's not Jesus plus. It's just Jesus only. So when we look at this, so Paul tells us next that we're going to press on. So Paul tells us to run the race. So our faith, our hope is secure. Uh, and Paul tells us now to run, to press, to, to keep going, knowing that at the end of, that we're going to be doing uh, discipleship, knowing that we're going to be going out to places that we may feel uncomfortable. So why do we do that? Many of you probably know the answer, uh, but to make sure it's clear, I want to reiterate. So we're going out, we're making disciples, we're loving God, we're loving our neighbors simply because of what Christ has done for us. So while we were you know, sinners, before we were born, Christ died on the cross uh, for our sins. As we already went through and laid this out piece by piece, he was born, uh, perfected the law. He made a sacrifice on our behalf, um, you know, rose again three days later from the grave. So why would he do all that? Why, why should that affect us? Obviously, uh, he did all that out of love, out of grace, out of mercy for us, uh, for, what, for what we've done, which is completely abandon um, him. And he looked at us with mercy and, and grace and said, you know, even though you've turned your back on me, I'm not turning your back on you. So I want us to keep that in mind when we think about things like bomb shelter theology, when we think about running this race and going out and being proactive out in our community, 
why we're doing what we're doing um, and who we're doing it for. Because it's very easy uh, to get that twisted. It's very easy to get sidetracked. It's very easy um, to do something because you want to do it, to do something because, well, Dave asked me to do it, Ryan asked me to do it, and I don't want to disappoint Dave or Ryan, which is nice, but that shouldn't be the reason why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, or because, you know, maybe you have, uh, you know, a desire, you know, to do something, you know, completely different. Uh, but at this time, God's called you to do this for now, for a time. That happens. That happens a lot. Um, that happened with me. I, I never wanted to necessarily lead a church. I wanted to play music, and that was about the extent of it. Uh, and yet, here we are. So, um, God kind of does these things. He He takes you on these little goat trails sometimes uh mostly for your benefit well always for your benefit for you to grow spiritually um and typically be humbled because you try to wear the daddy pants so um the the see you guys are kind of new some don't know the daddy pants the daddy pants uh is a term that originated in in the old rev days um which was an argument that our former pastor matt had with i think at the time his six-year-old son uh, because he wanted to make the decisions, and so that was where the phrase came from, because he famously asked, when do I get to wear the daddy pants and make all the decisions? So uh, that's how daddy pants came about. And, and what's funny about that is I use that term a lot because that's, that's something I struggle with, and I'd imagine that's something we all struggle with, is that we look at God and ask, when do we get to wear the daddy pants? Um, but, but what I want us to keep in mind, so as we're pressing on, as we're going out, as we're making disciples, um, as we're stretching ourselves to see where God can use us so we aren't putting up these huge barriers and walls, uh, but instead we're being open and we're being loving um, and we're trying to adhere close to Scripture, uh, remember your motivation. Remember the gospel. Uh, remember what Christ has done for you on your behalf. Um, and so that when, we, when, we, when you remember the gospel and remember where we are in relationship to God, um, it's a lot easier to take attitude from people and not give it back. Um, I'm really, I'm very good at being sharp-tongued. Uh, I'm very good at being sarcastic and having a smart mouth. Uh, Christy didn't amen. That was your perfect opportunity, by the way. Um, and, and so when I get my mind not on the gospel and about what I'm trying to accomplish, it's easy for me when people give that to me um, to give that right back. So if you, you want to, Dave and I have had several convers, long conversations. We both excel at this actually very well. Uh, and, and so like when we get frustrated with each other, uh, it's, it's very, it's very interesting and fun uh, at times and very, very frustrating too. Um, and so like when, when we keep our focus on the gospel, we have a tendency to remember, okay, a, they're a sinner, so we should only expect sinners to act like sinners, which sounds stupid, but we have other expectations a lot of the times. Uh, and B, remember who you are in relationship to what's going on. So if, if I am out being God's hands and feet, and I owe him everything because he, he died for me. Is this? Okay, it's still working. It sounded weird. Uh, because he died for me, then, then if you give me attitude back, I'm already humbled. I'm already in a position. I'm already in a relationship to know what am, why am I offended because, you know, of, of the message that I bring. There's nothing left for me to be offended by. Um, so let's finish up here and hit um, 15 and 16. 
if you have it up there yet, I can read it. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Uh, which I think is is fairly wise. Um, what, what Paul doesn't say, which I think we are, some of us, I can't speak for all of you, are guilty of, or let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things, and if you disagree then obviously you're just not spiritually mature which is some of the comments that i make about people uh sinfully at times when it's you know you're on you're in the facebook war which is the stupidest thing we could ever do and i always tell david don't do that and then like two weeks later for some reason something just catches my fancy one day and i reply to someone's post like an idiot um but in the middle of these things uh why don't we pray for maturity instead of pretending like we're going to walk around and be well we're the mature ones you obviously don't have spiritual understanding or you would agree with me uh that's pretty wise what paul says there so you know mature people will think this way otherwise god will reveal it to you which is a lot nicer than saying well obviously read your bible bro and you'll figure it out or private message me um that never goes well on facebook so uh just as we're wrapping up i just want to again um reiterate Paul's talking about a race. Paul's telling us that we have faith in Christ. David covered that. And then he's telling us, don't be relaxed. Don't be kicking back. Don't be the bomb shelter theology that, that they're all sinful and going to hell, so I'm going to stay here and not do anything about that. Paul's telling you to press on, to go after it, like it's a race to run, to push yourself till you get to the end because the end's coming quicker than we know. Um, as I discovered this weekend, I... I don't know if Olivia is here or not, but I, like they're the, the same age difference between my mom and her, which made me feel really freaking old. Like all of a sudden, then you start thinking about things. So this whole company thing's going on. I'm like, man, like typically people are looking to retire, like, you know, say around the 60 or 70. That's, that's not too far for me. That's like 26 years. That doesn't seem that far. I'm going to be like 34 tomorrow. That seems old <laughs> all of a sudden. Uh, so the end is coming. You know, when we go through life day to day, we don't realize that the prize is coming. Keep our eyes on the prize, what's coming up. You know, we get distracted. We live life. We don't think about the, the things that God has. So what, what we want to do, what Paul is trying to, to get us to do is to run, to run uh, vigorously, to run and, and look at what's going on and to make sure um, that we keep this idea of the gospel at the back of our minds so we can we can love people correctly, that we can see the world um, through the eyes that Jesus sees it with, and we can have our correct position of us with no daddy pants, being humbled by what Christ has done for us on our behalf so we can serve people um, lovingly, we can serve them without attitude, serve them uh, w- without looking for something in return, uh, and we can hopefully in turn... Uh, share and foster the spirit of god which would draw them back to the father and and that's the goal uh, and that's what paul has laid out here so let's pray lord we thank you uh for this text we thank you for this idea of of pressing on uh of running a race and uh we thank you that that we can celebrate this idea that that we can take comfort and peace and knowing that our salvation is secure in you uh that, that we can take comfort and knowing that you have done all the work, but it's not for us to to rest and be lazy or to be relaxed, 
Uh, it's to encourage us to go out and press on uh, to, to race, to run, and to finish. That, that we can keep our, our eyes on you uh, and our hope in you and we can finish and we can finish in perfection we can finish in death and then be wrapped up in your arms uh, so that when we are standing in front of God and that when we are judged all he sees is your life so Lord we pray that that you would encourage us today to go out to to make disciples to go out and to love people to love our neighbors um, and and to go out and share the gospel in the circle of influence that we have. In your name we pray, amen.